What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turned Ours Golf Podcast. Let's get ready for the greatest week in golf. Woo! All right, Jack. What'd you, what, how'd you do with Valero? What's going on? Let's get through this quick. We got more and more exciting things to go on in the second half here. But uh, did you win any money this week? Yeah, Valero was great. Congrats, Corey Connors. And this week on the Masters, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Valero was fun. I think it turned out to be a better tournament than a lot of people thought. Um, I know there was a lot of discrepancy, not discrepancy, but I was disappointed to see there was like a five shot margin between first and like fifth place. But it did yeah. come down to a little, you know, the last couple of holes, which is all you can hope for in a golf tournament. It's a little sad for Patrick Rogers. He, uh, you know, he was up top there for a little bit the first, what, two and a half days to almost three days. And you just kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, you had a few of those big names kind of pushing behind and you were like, is the guy going to be able to to hold his own? Can he get through it? And then as more and more throughout the day went on, you're like, oh yeah, Corey Connors is, uh, he's charged. He's charging on this one. He wants a win. When Corey uh, Connors is on, he is a ball striker, pure yeah. and pure. Yeah, um, I'm a little worried in terms of what it's going to do for him at Augusta. Um, I think it, he's usually a pretty popular pick here, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, in terms of in terms of surprises, was there anybody in particular that stuck out to you in terms of good or bad finishes? Like I know Terrell Hatton missed the cut. Ben Griffin. <laughs> yeah, Ben Griffin. That was a tough one. It's whenever I'm like high on Ben Griffin, he doesn't do well. But whenever I just like throw him in a lineup and don't say anything else, he does just. Oh, fine. oh, I'm sorry. You want to talk about Ben Griffin? I had both lineups and I think two bets on him. He screwed me. Thomas Dietrich. Uh, you know what? I'll get into it. We talk about it. My DraftKings and FanDuel both freaking lost. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Terrell Hat miscut. Dietrich basically dead last in the cut. Ben Griffin miscut. Ryan Fox miscut. You know, it was just, it was bad. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, shout out to a uh, shout out to my dad who who was very quickly you know ready to give Jack some grief on the uh, the Dietrich pick when he shot eighty three on Saturday. Uh, that was that was tough scenes. In terms of DFS, my FanDuel. So I was in a fifty fifty lineup. There were let's see here, there were thirteen lineups in a hundred person lineup that had the exact exact same team. Um which is just absolutely absurd. If you're following along and this is actually like genuinely, first of all, you're welcome, <laughs> but thank you as well. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, how are 13 people in this hundred person lineup having the exact same lineup as me? Um, so I, in like FanDuel, I think 13 of us tied for 65 cents a piece. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> like a dollar, like a, like a dollar 50, 50, just that I threw together right at the end. But I was like, oh my gosh, everybody and their mother is on that is on that lineup. But uh we ended up winning a little bit on that. I had Fowler T10, Siwu T39, Chris Kirk T10, um, Akshay was T46, Tano Goya made another cut, shocking, uh, T46, and then Ben Griffin missed the cut, of course. Uh, pretty similar in terms of my DraftKings as well. Almost all the same names. Ricky Fowler, Chris Kirk, both T10, Akshay and Tano, both T46. Um, I followed Jack's pick on Nikolai. He got me T28. And then, of course, Ben Griffin missed the cut. But again, DK, I was also able to, to scratch out the money. But it was close. It wasn't like I was bringing home the big bucks. Uh, but you know what? It was a little bankroll to uh, to bring over here to Augusta. Shout out Ricky Fowler for that massive comeback. I think we everyone in the golf world would have liked to see him pull out a win. But I, I think this is as good as we've seen him in a really long time. And I think he'll be back at Augusta next year. Oh yeah, I think I, if Ricky's playing anything like he like he had like he has been the last couple of months, I think he'll he'll find some form. He'll be back here next year. He'll be just fine. Um, in all honesty, his Sunday was really kind of impressive to see because he definitely could have just kind of flailed to the side and been like, oh, yep, t forty. Whoops, like call it a oh well. But he uh, he kind of pushed, which I guess we appreciate for my bet at least. <laughs> uh, we'll just loop right into that. Yeah. So um, I had a. Not so stellar week, but it was a positive week, which is all you can hope for. My bets included Ricky Fowler, top 30. That was a win. Taylor Montgomery, top 30, finished tied for 22nd. Two Ben Griffin bets. One was finishing 43rd or better. One was top 20 in round one scoring, which only lost by a shot. Mm. So that was good. Thomas Dietrich, top 30. Looked good through Friday. <laughs> yeah. He was like, what, tied for fifth? I think Friday. at one point, yeah, he was, he was on the first page of the leaderboard for sure. The end of the day, so that was a loss. Nikolai Hoyard, top 30. That was a smack, plus 165. And then Ryan Fox, the top Australasian over Cam Davis and Harrison Endicott. 
I thought I technically won that. Ended up being a wash because I all missed the cut. It is what it is. 0.43 units up, bringing us to a total of 29.2 units up, which Liam, how many bets do I have for the Masters? He's got he's got 29 people. I mean, I hope you I hope you're listening and you're listening closely because Jack's about to get his own like novel written out based on all the bets he's got set for the Masters this week. Um, and some of them they are let me clarify, they are not like minus eight hundreds here. Jack is taking legitimate odds. Like one or two of them are like plus four hundred. I mean he's got he's I don't got think potential. I minus I don't think of anything in the minus one eighty or over. Uh I didn't look at specifics, but I didn't see anything over like I didn't see any minus like two fifty or above for sure. I think I see one minus one sixty five. And I think that might be that might be your highest minus. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, that's called dedication. That's called really because I also work today. <laughs> that's true. It's true. But work doesn't have to know what you did on the side. Exactly. Um, in terms of bets last week, I went two for four. Um again, I followed Jack's pick. Him and I both had Nikolai T30 at plus one sixty five. That was a nice win. Um I had Kevin Streelman top thirty at plus one ninety. That would have been a really nice win. I think he finished about T45. He didn't look bad. He just didn't look like he was going birdie, birdie, birdie. It was more like bogey avoidance. I I would have been okay with it if he would have just been a little more bogey avoidance. You know, he just missed like one or two bogeys, and then he would have been in it. But uh, in all honesty, again, I know that was probably a pretty shocking pick by a lot of people, so he was competitive. Um, I had Ricky Fowler, top 20 at plus 125. Uh, that was a sweat Sunday for sure, but that was a nice win. Um, and then I had Siwoo Kim top 30 at minus 110. He finished T39 or eighth. Um, he was one shot off of T30. Unfortunately, it just didn't didn't happen. Um, so I went two for four. I'm up 0.9 units. My goal was to get into the Masters at at positive numbers. Uh, I'm at negative 0.45. So I'll it's close. I'll take it. Uh, the goal is to be positive this week, and then uh, and then I'll be above zero post Masters. My goal is just to not go bankrupt this week. <laughs> well, yeah, that that too for sure. So awesome, yeah. And then uh, wild cards. Let's go ahead and jump into that. We have some wild wild cards. Number one, I had Cam Davis missing the cut. That was a win. No nice. offense, Cam Davis. Shout out to you. Um, and then uh, go ahead. So so Cam Davis after nineteen holes was nine over. But then, but then on on that second second eighteen, he proceeded to shoot nine under on his next like fourteen holes. So he was even par, and then he bogeyed I think seventeen and eighteen to end up missing the cut by like a shot. Yeah, but if, I had if he um, made the cut on that, Jack. I would have laughed hysterically at that. At it was, that yeah, it was funny because I didn't know about this. So I watched main coverage. Then I switched to a featured group because I had a side bet that I did with a live bet for a matchup. And I got a text from Liam that said, by the way, Cam Davis is even par. I was like, what, on the day? And he goes, no. <laughs> yes. I was like, what the insert whatever word you want there. Thank I, Again, no offense, Cam Davis. I'm a fan of you, except when you're on the President and Ryder Cup teams. That was a win. Um, and then we had Nikolai Hoyard, Thomas Dietrich, or Ben Griffin to win. I don't know what happened on that one, but that was a hard loss. Yeah, you know, uh, Hoyard was the only one that was close, unfortunately. Hoyard. Hoyard. Gotta get um, you out of your American accent. I know, I know, it's tough. Um, in terms of wild picks, I had Akshay Bhatia, uh, T20 at plus 360. He finished T46. It was, I love I love bet- like doing wild bets on, on Bhatia, you know, throwing, wow, Akshay Bhatia. Um, I love throwing a wild card pick on him because he's he has that high upside to really go up there and get it. But again, it's not going to be every week. Um, my other wild card pick was Charlie Hoffman T20. Um, I got a lot of slack last week for this wild card pick. Um, he was plus 400. He finished T22. Uh, he was one shot off. Uh, there again, he had came in with awful form and the fact that he almost got a top 20 and I had called it would have been absolutely absurd. I, I feel better knowing that, that Jack kind of called me out on it last week and then he proceeded to, to follow it. It's up a moral with, victory. Yeah. It's a moral victory on that one more than anything for sure. That's awesome. And then winner's picks. I had Taylor Montgomery tied for 22nd. And then I also had Nikolai Hoyard tied for 28th. I'll take it. No, was you know no top fives and no you know what? Why don't you just go ahead with your winners, Liam? Yeah, I had uh, I had Adam Shank and Ryan Fox. They both missed the cut. So fun times. All right, next. 
<laughs> yeah. I got nothing else to add to Valero. I'm done. I got my green on. I got my green mug with uh, a shout-out Iowa Big Gove Brewery. They just came out with some hard seltzer, not a sponsor. Had a couple of those. I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, I know usually when it comes to the course breakdowns, I end up kind of going through and giving you all the facts and information. Um, considering Jack had rattled you off everything you ever needed to know about Augusta in his sleep, um, even though he doesn't sleep, uh, I'm going to leave this week to him, and he's going to kind of ro- roll us through. Um, just know that the Masters is a par 72, totaling 7,550 yards. 7,545 yards, to be exact, on the average of four days. But, you know, just the semantics takes of random stats like that. Is that is that the old yardage or the new yardage? Nope, new yardage adjusted to four tee times, four sets of tees sheets. Baby, that's the facts you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, so I got Jack's all over it. Um, last year's winner, Scotty Scheffler. Um, he kind of cruised to the win last year. Take it away, Jack. Hello, friends. You needed that. We are starting off at Augusta National in Augusta, Georgia. Most amazing time of the year. It is Masters Week. A couple of things to really focus on is this course will focus a lot on accuracy and placement, whether it be from tee shots you really want to avoid. A lot of these holes are designed with a lot of tree coverage, so you're penalized more so. They don't want you to have a bomber like Bryson DeChambeau. That's why he misses a cut a majority of the time. It's really, really good. Approach shots is one of the most important things in the world. 13 of the last 16 winners here have ranked in the top seven for greens and regulation. A lot of these hot iron players that have a lot of distance and a lot of accuracy coming down the line can't really hold their iron shots or wedge shots on the green with a lack of spin. So you want to look for players with a certain ball type that really hold a lot of spin. This is why you sign up for a podcast to get your betting information, because I bet you weren't thinking about ball spin numbers. Next, scrambling. A lot of holes here. A lot of these par threes, um, for example, flowering crab apple or hole number four, if you really want to get you know lame in the master's terms, that's a par three averaging about 240 yards. Bunker in front and a little bit of green in front of the side left takes about 60% of balls each week. So you really want to have these scrambling numbers. Seven of the last 15 winners had finished inside of six for distance to the pin. But if you didn't, you had to be in the 95th percentile of scrambling to get your name in a green jacket. Those are statistics that you need to look for. Addition with the distance, par fours are here long. Nine of the 10 yield about 440 to 450 yards in distance. That's the average. So you're not necessarily having a sand wedge flip in here every single time. Par fives have been essential to score. Uh, the last 15 winners on each of the par fives have been 129 under. Do you think Scotty Scheffler finished at what 13 under last year? Uh, I want to say 11 maybe, but it was close. Yeah. Right around there. Then the last uh, five years at Augusta national, here are the top 10 players in the strokes gained. And you also might see a trend on these players. Scotty Scheffler, Will Zalatoris, Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, Cam Smith, Colin Morikawa, Hideki Matsuyama, and Louis Ustazen. Those are all elites that you've all seen on leaderboards, especially here at Augusta, that have been crazy. Greens are extremely fast. Like, when you think of playing at a local course, if you ever bounced your ball on a cart path and you're just trying to run away after a couple beers to try and grab your ball, that's what these guys are playing for. So 12 of the top, or excuse me, 12 of the last 13 Masters winners here ranked inside the top 16 for putting and 11 of the top 13 masters ranked inside the top 10 for greens and regulation and putting 12 of the last 13 winners had a previous top 15 appearance here at Augusta national or in four comp courses. How much more can I go on? That was one of my stats. Yeah. 10 of the last 11 winners of the master had finished top 15 in two of their previous three tournaments prior to their win. Um, as well as finishing at least top 23 in their previous um, masters. Absolutely. And now more to a lot of these finite that come into DraftKings numbers and whatnot that we'll get into. Um, 15 of the last 15 winners ranked inside the top 70 for distance and apex on tour, forgiveness, and strokes gained from T to green. 24 of the last 25 winners have made the cut here at the year before. Each of the last 13 winners were priced no higher than 90 to 1, and all of the last 10 winners are ranked inside the top 30 in the field. So if you want to shoot your shot, and just pepper a couple guys in the top of the leaderboard, more likely than not, you're going to win. Each of the last 10 winners had finished in the top 30 in each of their last two starts, and nine of the 10 winners posted a top six within a major within the last two seasons. 
12 of the last 13 winners had at least one top eight in seven starts here at Augusta National, and 12 of the last 13 winners ranked inside top 16 in scrambling here at Augusta National. 11 of the last 13 winners <laughs> had ranked inside of the top seven for greens and regulation, and three of them were inside the top five. 12 of the last 13 winners had a previous top 15 finish at a comp course at Augusta National, and all 15 had ranked inside of the top 70 on strokes gained from tee to green in comp courses. That is why this information matters. I need to go mute, take a breath, get my oxygen back because I just went off. Yeah, tee to green is important. Putting's important. Basically, they need to be an all-around elite golfer this week is all you really need to know. Um, yeah, I guess I could have simplified it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a brief overview. Um, as Jack and I stated, they actually uh, lengthened some of the the tees the and the holes a little bit there on 11, 13, and 15. Um, just know the course history is also pretty important here. Um, again, if the guys that tend to do good on this course tend to do good at this course year over year, it's not like it's not very often you get somebody that plays really good here one time and then just like forgets how to play this course. Usually they're pretty good about playing decently here again. Um, in terms of rookies, no, no Augusta or Masters rookie has won the Masters since Fuzzy Zeller in, in 1979. Um, so again, it's been a while. So like Tom Kim. You might be elite, but like I don't know if this is the week you want to do it on his first Masters. Um, especially with his putter's not hot. Yeah, especially with his putter. Um, just notable players that, that are going to be really popular this week. Obviously, you have Scotty, Rahm, and Rory. Those are the top three. Um, but just know that like Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Corey Connors, Sung J M, Justin Rose, Si Woo Kim, all those guys are going to be extremely popular this week. Um, don't it's not saying to go away from them because again, there's only 89 guys in the field this week, so it's not like giving them unlimited amount of options. But just be advised, you might want to mix it up a little bit in order to uh, to not have all of the exact same guys in every other lineup. Yeah, I think another guy too that would might fill into that's Will Zalatoris. I think there are a lot of people that watched last year or watch majors and see his name on the leaderboard. You you might get some Will Zalatoris. I think if you get loyal loyal PGA Tour fans, they're going to avoid him because of all the injury concerns and, th- and the swing changes. Um, but if you get anybody that plays this that doesn't usually play golf, that's just kind of like making a lineup and throwing it in somewhere because they can, um, you're more likely to get a Will Zalatoris DFS lineup. All right. Um, ready to start and draft things here, Jack? I thought you'd never ask. All right. Let's uh, let's group these these top three together. Um, I can't even say which ones do you like. I mean, we like them all. Do you have a preference between Scotty, yes. Rahm, and Rory? Scotty's the number one guy. And okay. I'm not just saying that because he's he won last year. There is not a guy on the planet that has touched this guy this year. He, he has 10 of 10 on cuts. His... Worst finish is 12th. That's fair. Again, is this Potter going to show up? Number one in bogey avoidance. Let's hope so. We'll figure that out by Sunday, but uh. he's number one in bogey avoidance, which at a course where you're not getting 25 under is huge. There's a reason why this guy has capitalized since the waste management of last year. He's proven time and time and time and time again, he can be clutch like this. I think he's the guy. There's only one guy that I'm really afraid of. And it's Roy Mackler. I'm really afraid of him. Yes, he's sir. had a driver change, a putting change a wedge groove and grind and bounce change. He's talked about swing changes. He's done all this in a year that the grand slam is afloat. Confidence is teetering. He finished 98th at the players. I'm scared. I don't want to get to him. I think you're reaching a little bit on that. So he switched putters at the match play. Um, And when he switched putters at the match play, he actually gained 2.37 strokes on the greens. Um, which was a big issue that he was having. He, is, he just wasn't putting great. So he switched putters and gained a bunch of strokes. He's also had two top five finishes in his last three Masters starts. He's also got arguably, I'll, I'll say top five motivation to win this week. Because if you want to say Tiger, if you want to name one of the old heads to come back in terms, if you want to say Scotty on the repeat, like I, I'm not going to question it on it, but He's got to be what top five in terms of pressure to 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 win this week based on having to try and get the grants. Yeah, and I wasn't saying that to be as a negative. I'm yeah. looking for separators between these top three guys because if if all of them show up to the best of their game, Scotty, Rom, Rory. That's my theory. I I think my challenge is that they're all identical, so I'm gonna pick whichever one's cheapest. That's that's really my mindset. I think I can go with Rory 
um, and then just have a better all-around lineup in these like eights and seven K ranges. Cause I think realistically that's where all the money is going to be made in this week. I think I think if you pick any of the three of them, it's fine, but it's just going to be a lot harder if you start up top with Scotty at eleven one versus saving the extra five hundred dollars and just going with Rory. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily. I I feel like Rom has been very quietly talked about inside the golf community. You know, you withdrew at the players because of illness, lost to Ricky in the match play. Yep. You know, he's he's had times where we talk about where even though he finishes like twelfth at a tournament. His putter is just horrific. And I think oh. this is one of those courses that the putter will separate everything. Oh, so kind of like Scotty sometimes having a, a, a horrific putter? Oh, well, oh. Scotty's worst finish this year is 12th. Oh. oh, no, that's interesting. All right, just curious. All right, so so two guys with bad putters and then one guy who's uh, who's got his old putter back and now all of a sudden he's gaining his strokes putting. Interesting. All right, we doing a gentleman's bet on Scotty Rory? Absolutely. No, we'll throw that in. Um. That's a deal. Yeah. Well, gentlemen's bet. You can take Scotty. I'll take Rory. Um, all right. Well, let's just rank this top three. Um, I think, I think you've got Scotty one, Rory two, Rom three. I'm assuming I'm going, if everybody performs to what they're supposed to Scotty, Rom, Rory. And the reason I say Rom is because the course to a, his ball shape, which is a cut, it plays perfect to that. And if he just gets his putter on and what he's supposed to, that guy can beat everybody in the world to be fair if everything plays how it's supposed to then then this DraftKings order is perfect and I, this is how exactly how it's going to finish up but that's not how that's not how all these end so well, yes my opinion so <laughs> so uh i'm gonna go rory scheffler rom um in that order again i don't think scheffler's bad play i just like the price discrepancy to rory um and i think he's probably got the best putter of the three of them right now in my opinion um so that's that's my thought process what you thinking for this? Uh, you ready for nine K range? Should we come? Yeah. So here? it's starting off at Cam Smith at ninety eight, going down to Xander Shoffley at nine K. I will just say, without going too in depth, a lot of people in the golf community are extremely high on Patrick Cantlay, and I can't convince myself why. So I again, I've I've read into that a little bit this week too. I think a lot of people are saying that Patrick Cantlay is due. Um, he is if he fits some fancy mold um, that's going to fit into Augusta. Again, Jack mentioned a lot of statistics off the beginning. He fits in some of those metrics. I also just don't think he fits in some of those metrics. He also doesn't have the best history on the planet. And it's not like he's an entirely new golfer. Um, this is the same relative Patrick Cantlay we've seen in the past. I'm not saying he's going to miss the cut. Let me be very clear here. I think he'll be fine. But in this range, I think there's a lot of guys with win equity. I think Cantlay is probably a T20, T15 and on the high end. I just think you have a lot more opportunity to grasp at somebody who can, you know, pull a top five in this range. So I think I'm avoiding him in that sense, especially as what, the, the sixth highest expensive guy. It just seems really high for a guy that doesn't have a major win yet. 100%. And I think a lot of guys in this category carrying momentum – I think a lot of people that are joining us that are live aficionados and they're going to support them to the end of the end are going to pick Cam Smith. I'm genuinely, and this isn't me trying to be, when, when you get to a major, and I love the fact that the live guys are in here and I genuinely think that it's supposed to be the best of the best. My, I have a clean slate, except yep. Brian Harmon. Cam <laughs> Smith in his last four events has only one top 25, or excuse me, one top 20 finish. And it's against lesser competition. Yep. Now you get to this, and I know this is a cheap excuse, and everybody's going to talk about, oh, they're playing four rounds and they're wearing pants. That's not going to affect these guys. Come on. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. These guys are practicing six hours a day still. But you're not able to – you're supposed to be the number one player in the world, arguably, if you talk about he's staying the PGA Tour, is carrying that momentum. Yeah. And you have one top 20 finish in your last four. I don't like it. I get why he's up there. Jordan Spieth, his putter has looked incredible lately. I've tweeted about it. I've texted everybody I know about it. He looks really good. And the last two Easter Sundays, he's won. So this could be a third in a row stretching there. Um, yeah, that's but, ag- that's aggressive with Easter Sundays, but okay. Sander Shoffley's my guy here, though. If I were to pick one. Okay. Um, in the Masters, he performs 
so well. And I, I mean, every single time he had a, he had the chance to win a couple years ago on 16, he dunked that ball in the water and it was over for him, but he has performed back and back and back again, ball striking machine. He plays clean cut and the masters, you have to be clean cut. That's my guy. If I'm going to in this range. Okay. Yeah. No, um, again, X is a good one. He's, he's pretty, he does pretty well here in terms of course history. He's had a few top five, top tens. Um, I think he missed the cut like one year, but again, that's how Xander works for the most time. Most part, he's going to be decent. Um, you just got to make sure you don't catch his one off week where all of a sudden he, he flounders. Um, again, can't lay. I'm not going to him. Him and X are both looking for that, that maiden major win. Um, I don't think either of them are getting it this, this week. Personally, I don't think either of them are getting the win. Sorry. Um, Justin Thomas. I mean, nobody's talking about him. Yeah. I think this is perfect. Justin Thomas ways like this is exactly what happened at the waste management now again the waste management is not augusta let's be very clear here um but when justin thomas was getting ready to play at waste management everyone was like ah like he's not playing the same i don't know can he get off the tee as well as he has been you know he's just not the same golfer then he proceeded to go to a course he's always played well at and he played really well again Justin Thomas also does that at Augusta. So at 9,300, I think he's going to be very low-owned. Now, if you want somebody that's going to be lo- very low-owned, I think Max Homa is a good pick this week as well. Um, so Max Homa does not have the best history of all time here, but let's not like let's not say that this is the same Max Homa that was like two or three years ago. I think we can all agree that this is a different version of Max Homa. He has that newfound dad strength. Um, so this is just an entirely different Max Homa than what, what we're used to. He's got the second most strokes gained putting per round on like what they would consider lightning greens over the last 12 months. This is a cheap Homa price based on what his historical results in majors are. And again, this is just not the same Max Homa we've seen previous years. Yeah, 100%. I think it's really good to know Max Homa's rankings this year really play a role. He's 15th in greens and regulation, third in scrambling, and first in strokes gained putting in the entire year, uh, comparatively to this field. I'm pretty so sure you had like metrics. nine. You had nine facts on scrambling too, by the way, and in your initial on in your initial go through. You were like, "Yeah, scrambling is really important, everybody." So, huh, very interesting. Uh, last note is I'll mention Morikawa. Um, again, he's just really good with the irons, um, so he could always be dangerous. He's played well here in the past, and I could totally see him doing that as well. Uh, so kind of those three in the middle for me are, are and he's and he's finally peeking back up into what he should be too. Well, exactly, yeah. And he's starting to he's starting to play solid again. All right, Jack. And then, are you ready for the eight K range? I thought, yeah. I guess I already said that. I thought you'd never <laughs> ask. Yeah, I'm I'm ready because I think this category is dangerous. Number one, yep. And number two is going to win you your leagues. I think it's got a bunch of landmines. I think I think there's there's some good options, but then I think you could also very quickly lose it in this range, depending on how you uh, how you approach it for sure. Yeah. So top is arguably my pick. Tony Finau at eighty nine hundred, all the way down to Matt Fitzpatrick at eight thousand. Um, I will just say Liam and I are extremely high on one guy, and I will say the sentiment: if he's not in your lineup, you're stupid. Uh, we'll we'll see if it's the same guy. Yeah, well, I know it is. It's Sung JM. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was my preseason pick for, for the Masters. Of course I'm high on him. He is, every single time he's played here, he's proven he can play here. He's coming up in the rankings. He's playing well. Everything that you need to go into Augusta National, what you want. You know, he had that one hiccup was like Sony, where everyone was like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Panic mode. And then yeah. he had like three top tens in his last five, six events. Um, I think he's really coming into form. He's comfortable here. You know, um, Tony Fino is genuinely my pick in this category outside of that. Um, he's fifth in the greens in regulation, 12th in scrambling and eighth in strokes gained putting his experience in three masters appearances here have been tied for fifth, tied for 10th and tied for 10th. He won the Keynes Bay Houston open, um, which is, not a genuinely comp course, but in terms of what statistics match up perfectly to what um, qualifies as a win there, yep. um, it really lines up. And he's a, you know, the lack of a better term, he's poised for a high finish. There you go. Uh, Tony Finau f- definitely fits the metric being the dad that he is um, on the over 27 years old club as well. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a Liam metric to look for right there. I noticed that 
you don't really win this event unless you're over a 27 or if you're uh jordan speed but um yeah, that's fair for the, but for the most part it's uh you got to be a bit of an uh, a bit of an old head or at least an older head in order to get it done uh i like the guy running underneath him actually i like the next two guys underneath him um i like dustin johnson at 8800 um in terms of live guys i think you need one in your lineup and then realistically i i would have put Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson within about $200 or one another. They're $1,000 apart. I think Dustin Johnson at 8800 is a steal in terms of pricing, and he's also got great history here. Yeah, and just for the record, everyone, Dustin Johnson has better odds than Cam Smith on every single category in terms of sports book. so you take that with a grain of salt however you want to, too. Yeah, so D- Dustin Johnson's won here in the past. He's also had, I think, four or five top tens here. He's played great. He almost always makes the cut. He's really a, a a safety top 15 pick, it kind of feels like, which almost feels illegal to say. But Plus, he's had the best master speech I can think of in my lifetime. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one for sure. I got to go back there and listen to it again. It's been too long. Uh, but the guy right underneath him as well, Jason Day, um, again, he's been on fire. He's finished 21st or better in all but one of his last 12 events. Um, and then again, you, you want to go back to course history here on Augusta. From 2011 to 2019, he had seven top 28 finishes, including three top 10s. One of those three top 10s was a runner was a runner up to Charles Schwartzel in 2011. So you might sit there and be like, well, he doesn't have the recent history here. Trust me, he's got plenty of good history here. I'm not taking into account anything since 2019 until probably the last 12 months for him because this is a different Jason Day. A lot like this is... Well, and he was injured a lot like Max Homa. This is a different Max Homa. This is a different Jason Day. Like, you just can't take too much over from that to the point where it clouds your judgment on an elite, elite player. Yeah, I think Jason Day, honestly, could be a, a lot of people's winner's picks. He's playing really well. He is 10th in greens in regulation, first in scrambling, and fourth in strokes gain putting. He has three top five finishes here um, and four top tens. In finishes this year, in 13 events he's played, he has finished in the top 10 seven of those times, so just under 54%. He hasn't finished outside the top 20 this calendar year. Talk about momentum yeah. coming into Augusta National. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, wait, item 21 on one of them. But yeah, but that was last year, technically. You're right. Or 2022, so, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll always be high ever since from Oklahoma State, where he was the top amateur. I'll always have Victor Hovland high on this ranking. I get why he's not, because yeah. of the, the chipping um, that's always been a concern of him, especially at Augusta it plays it. But I think this year we've really seen, now I'm not saying he's a top 10 chipper in the world, but you can say he's now to the level of an average PGA tour chipper, which yes. is the best chipper we've ever seen on anybody we've ever played with. Um, but he is now gone to that average chipping status or average short game status. And if his game comes together, I think he could be really good. I think he's comfortable here too. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little nervous on Hovland. I think in terms of the range, he just doesn't get up there for me in terms of the rest of the group. Um, I think there's, he, I don't know if he has that win at win equity, like a DJ or a Jason day or Sung Jay does. Um, I mean, there, there's a, there's a few of them that I think are duds. I think, I think Cam Young makes me super nervous. I know he's played well here in the past. Uh, Victor Hovland makes me a little nervous. Sam Burns makes me nervous. And then Fitzpatrick also makes me nervous based on injury history. Um, so those four names are probably my minds in this group. Um, Zalatoris is the the true definition of like flip a coin. Uh, if he's healthy and he decides that it's Augusta and he wants to pull his head out of his ass, then he might finish, you know, top five. Otherwise, he might shoot nine over the first day and just be like, yeah, well, it was fun. You know, I guess I'll enjoy Georgia tomorrow and see what happens. Yeah, for Will Zalatoris, it's definitely terrifying because coming into an injury concern with that back, he changed his swing. But he's 6 for 10 on top 10 finishes in majors, and his two appearances here have been 2nd and 6th. So he has all the metrics that you can need Um, coming into this year. It's a little bit scarier than normal. I think it's one of those where you might want to sneak him in one lineup, but not your main lineup. If if you want to get fancy and throw in a guy with an injury – I mean, him or Hideki, yeah, viable options. Nobody's gonna own them. I'll tell you that much. You'll be you'll be part of a very low ownership. So if you want something different, like if you're in a pool with a couple hundred guys and only the top two or three guys make money, throw in Hideki, throw in Sal Torres. 
you're going to be different than a lot of people because I think the injury concerns are going to scare a lot of people away. I think the uh, the, the lack of confidence on on which version of them is going to show up is also going to scare some yeah. people away. I think it's funny with Hideki. We were like, oh, crap, he's rubbing ointment on his back and his shoulder. Oh, crap. Oh, he just made six birdies. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, okay. he's T15 and T5 his last two uh, his last two tournaments. So he's been coming around. The T5, I think, was at the players too. So um, it'll be interesting for sure. Don't con a green jacket holder out. Exactly. All right. Into the seven K range. Yes. Shane Lowry, 7,900 all the way down. And I'm including Tiger Woods, 7,300, but all the way down, which is, I I say this every time, but especially for this field is pretty deep. Billy Horschel, seven K. This is honestly a super deep category of guys like Brooks Kapka who won last week. You have Terrell Hatton who's coming off some really scary performances, especially with that wrist injury. You have, you know, Tom Kim, who is a really great ball striker, but statistically a just a weird putter. Yep. I know this is a definition landmines. Go for him. Yeah, there's there's a lot of strange options. I mean, Shane Lowry, he finished third here last year, so he was pretty good. Um, he fits a few of the molds. Um, I think it'll be really good if the weather's bad. It looks like on Saturday the weather's gonna be uh it's it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it'll it'll be questionable, potentially rainy. Um, they might end up pausing the pausing the tournament due to some point, depending on how bad how bad the weather is. You don't think it's gonna happen, Jack? I hope not. You hope not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if to work Sunday, but I have to work Monday. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, so, so let's hope that doesn't happen. But again, Shane Lowry would be good in conditions like that based on his ball striking. Um, I think Justin Rose is a pretty viable option here at 7,800. So he ranks fourth in total strengths gained in total strokes gained at Augusta over the last 10 years. He said six top tens, including two runner up finishes since 2015. He also posted a, t- a tied seventh most recently in 2021. And he's also won this year on tour. Um, so again, for a guy that's, I want to say 43, maybe 44 years old, dude still got it in him to get the job done at 7,800. Pretty solid choice. I, I cannot tell you. I thought I was going to be one and the only on Justin Rose. He is 22nd on greens and regulation, 21st in scrambling, 10th in strokes gained putting. In 17 appearances at Augusta National, he's had 13 inside the top 25. So you're talking about course history right there. If you're telling me that over 75% of the time he's sitting inside the top 25 and at a DFS price point like this, you got to sneak him in some lineups. Yeah, so that's an option. Um, in terms of another guy with decent course history, Tommy Fleetwood's not the worst. Um, I don't know if I love getting to that. There's a lot of good names around him. Um, 7,600, Corey Connors. I mean, he's going to be a true... If you like, If you like course history... Corey Connors is your guy. If you like high owned of non golf aficionados, like a lot of general players, yes. Corey Connors to be very highly owned. And, and I do think it is important. You want to make sure that you, you have one or two of those. I mean, if the last thing you want to do is be a part of the 40% that doesn't have Corey Connors and then Corey Connors ends up in the top 10. That's what, I that's mean, what we do for Tom Kim every single time. We're like, Oh, he's back 60th place. Ah, oh, we're out fourth place. Yeah. Well, he's got three straight top 10 finishes in his last three years here for Corey Connors, finishing sixth, eighth, and 10th since 2020. The dude just finds a way into the top 10 on this course. Um, he's going he's gonna to be popular. I don't hate it if you want to go to him. Uh, Siwoo Kim, he's kind of another option if you don't want to go with Corey Connors. Again, in terms of course history, um, I think that's a very viable option. Uh, and the I'll, I'm leaving Tiger for you. I'm not Better. even going to quite. Yeah, I was going to say, I know I'm a man of culture. Yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> the, la- the last name I'll mention. So Taylor Moore is at 7,300. And I love Taylor Moore this week. But let me also clarify. On DraftKings, Taylor Moore is 7,300. On FanDuel, Taylor Moore is also 7,300. So he is the same pricing on DraftKings and FanDuel, which is just not a thing that happens. They are never the same pricing. So like he could be your fourth or fifth guy on DraftKings. He's my, I'm just going to say, he's my sixth guy right now on FanDuel. And it feels real fucking good. (laughs) All I'll say about Taylor Moore, this season, he is in the positive over average on every strokes gain metric measured on the PGA Tour. Every single one, not like minus 0.1 on one positive and every single one above average. Now you take that field of 162 ish 
shrink it down to 89. Now you're talking about that percentage just went a little bit up. So I like him a lot this week. Yeah. So that's that's him. Uh, oh, last thing about Siwoo. He's 12 of 13 on made cuts, and he's had six top 25 finishes. So he's going to be another consistency maker. Again, if you don't like Corey Connors, I think Siwoo is probably your other best option to go to there. Yeah. All right. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> number one, I think Brooks Kepka is going to be way over-owned. He's going to suck, in my opinion. And the reason I say this, and it's going to shock a lot of people that probably are sitting in their car right now driving to work. What the heck is this kid talking about? He won last week which is great for confidence. It's not the same Brooks Kepka that doesn't care about majors. It's not. He's proven in the Netflix documentary. He's obsessed. His mind, this is a huge week. First major that lives back. There's a lot of eyeballs, a lot of pressures. He'll be playing with all these guys. It's going to be different, and I'm fading him this week, which I know is shocking. But there's guys like Adam Scott that haven't been playing well that mm. have a green jacket to their name. Now, let's go. The alert. I had to do it. Abraham answers back. He's played super marginal. A lot of his finishes. Um, he has like every one of his finishes on the live tour. And I think um, one was on like the Ryder cup or what I was like inside the top 30 or Olympics rather. He did the he hero playing... world tour. Oh, did he? Yeah. He missed no, the cut. He missed. Oh, the cut. wonderful. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no. <laughs> but I just had to say they learned, but let's talk about, it. you know what? I'll save tiger for last Patrick Reed. I am blown away at this price point. He is a, it would top five short game of our generation, arguably. Unfortunately, he, yeah, no, trust me, I'm not proud of this, <laughs> but um, don't sue me. Um, he, you know, third in the Orlando, 18th in T Tucson, second at the Hero. He is perfectly fit for this course, proven it. He has the green jacket, the short game, very weirdly priced. Same with like Louis Oosthuizen, has arguably the second or third best shot in Masters history, the Albatross on two. Yep. Um, outside of Orlando, he's a second and a seventh. Um, he's been playing really good. Um, Keith Mitchell, another one of those guys that has positive strokes gain number in every measured category. Sergio Garcia, um, another guy that has a lot of a cut ball flight, has a good putter and has a green jacket. Now to the winner, my winner's pick, Tiger Woods. I just had to sneak him in there. Um, in his professional career, he's 23 for 23 on making the cut here. 23 for 23. Tiger Woods will go on record a million times. He will get this tattoo on his forehead. I don't enter a tournament unless I think I can win. He, I don't also, think I can enter a tournament unless I think I can win. He's also made the cut here. That means on like a leg and a half, because I'm pretty sure he's he's played this event like two or three times with a broken leg or a broken back. What so, are you talking about last year? <laughs> well, that too, exactly. Everybody counts him out. Um, the only time he ever missed his cut in his career what's when he was an amateur come on do you, do you understand going to the augusta national you're probably urinating down your pants like it, listen i get first tee jitters at a course that you and i have played a thousand times now yeah. as an amateur going to play augusta I, i'd urinate yeah so just to just to kind of put it into the retrospect too in terms of like oh well it's tiger woods like how you know are we really going to get to him last year he was 8500 on DraftKings. he was 8500 so now he's 7,300. I think he's a lot more viable to use this year. I I, I don't know if he's going to be in a lineup for me, but I'm not opposed to throwing him in, especially yeah. if I'm going to do like a dollar lineup. Like, yeah, sure. I'll throw a Tiger in. Like, makes the cut. Put on your 50-buck lineup or whatnot. You probably don't <laughs> want to throw Tiger in there. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm here's why, I'm though. Yeah. Here's why. Last year we saw him where he was a lot more injured. He wasn't conditioned. He was trying to wing it. I am going out there. I'm going to try to play this. I'm going to try to play St. Andrews. I'm going to try to do this. Now he played and finished four rounds and did well at the Genesis, which is arguably one of the hardest courses to walk in the world. He's coming here to a course that I think if I blindfolded him in ways that I want to and don't want to and asked him to describe pin placements, slopes on this course, he could tell you exactly what he is to. Now, this number right here, 7,300, that's a cut number. Yeah. That's all it is. So for you to say, I'm not fading, or I'm not liking Tiger this week, first of all, you're an idiot because he's not entering a tournament unless he thinks he can win. I don't think distance is much of a factor. They showed at the Genesis, he's getting like 185 ball speed, faster than Colin Morikawa for statistics like that. Not the hardest course in the world to walk. He had um, a bunch of under par numbers. I, I genuinely think, 
people and himself are a lot more confident going into this year than last year. And I genuinely like the number. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I'll just say one more name so that we can get off Tiger. Um, we can get down to the six K range. Otherwise, Jack will be here all night, you know, giving him giving him the stroke and 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 boosting Tiger's ego as if he needs it anymore. Um, uh, I've seen some people with some interest in Billy Horschel. Um, just know he's missed four of his last five tournaments in terms of making the cut. The one he did make is the Honda Classic, which is basically his home course. He finished T42. He just doesn't look good. He's also played poor in the past at Augusta. If he plays well this week, he plays well. But I think that there's just too many red flags for me to deal with the fact that Billy Horschel is only 7,000. Oh, 100%. I'm I'm just terrified of that number. So for whatever reason, when I was looking online, people were like, oh, Billy Horschel, 7K? Like, punch it. It's a low, like, that's such a low number. And I'm like, why do you think his number? Why do you think his number's low, though? He doesn't play well here. Um, stick to a live guy around here. They probably got better likelihood of making the cut and doing better. Speaking of live guys, 6,900. Bubba Watson jumping out of the 6K category all the way down to Sandy Lyle, which I think, no offense, Sandy Lyle, I think it's his last time coming here. Thank gosh. Um, I love the tradition of seeing these guys come through. It's really sad that it takes up some spots and these guys that can really take up to win. But yeah. I love, absolutely love the fact that they get invited. Um, so let's just say the fun names that are at 6K VJ Singh, Fred Couples. Those are two that stick out to me that I. VJ Singh can actually hit the ball really yes. far. Um, he is like fifth in the, this is like the Galleria classic, if I remember correctly. Um, yep. Freddie Couples obviously has like the smoothest swing in the world and he's. He's played really, really well in the Champions Tours, but I guarantee you there's going to be guys that have him in here and win lineups because if you make a cut at 6K, you just got Rom and Scheffler and Roar in your lineup. Probably, Yeah, you have at least two of them. Um, in terms of 6K prices, I'm just, so Tom Hoagie is going to be extremely popular, 6,900. Yep. Um, I think he, he just kind of sticks out like the sore thumb if you're going to get into the 6K range. He's probably the first guy you really want to reach towards. Um, ideally, you don't really want to get below him. Um, I think he just kind of fits well. Again, he's got all the iron play that you need in order to do well on a course like this. Um, I think Ryan Fox could definitely be some, be an interesting play this week as well. Um, again, he does a lot of the world tour stuff. He just kind of came over for the API and the players. He finished decent on both of those. Um, he missed a cut, obviously, at Valero, but... 6,700, like he could definitely be your sixth guy. Um, and then if you want course history guy, Camp Champ, 6,600. Well, I thought you were going to say Danny Willett, Green well, Jacket Dan- donor. Dan- Danny Willett also has some course history as well. Uh, but Cameron Champ, uh, don't look at his recent history because the guy cannot make a cut right now to save his life. Uh, but he makes a lot of cuts here at the Masters. Um, so at 6,600, if you want to go course history route, he's probably your best guy to get to. Yeah, I think there's two guys that, for lack of a better term, I I don't hate. Is that the better way to put it? Yeah. Number one, and it 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 hurts me to say this, Brian Harmon. I don't know why he always finds himself probably because of bogey avoidance on first or second page on every single major that I think I ever watch. I always just see him with that giant putter head. It really bothers me. I don't get it. But sixty seven hundred, not a terrible price. Um, then I also, I, I genuinely do like Danny Willett. Um, ever since the American Express, where he missed like three or four cuts in a row, his worst finish since like February has been 41st. So there's a little bit of momentum coming into this, especially at a course that you know he plays well at. He almost won the Fortnet if he didn't throw it away to Max Helma, by the way, too. Let's not forget that. I know that was in like September, but the guy almost won the Fortnet in the in the fall. True. Um, and then there's guys that like. I think Adrian Moronk, I mentioned him at the Masters last year that he let me down in every single event <laughs> after that. Um, yeah. Phil Mickelson, a couple green jackets. You have Zach Johnson, who has green jacket. Um, I know it's your guy for DFS. Um, he's won you some money in some lineups recently. I'm, I'm sticking off him for now. He was doing good for a while, but he's going to uh, he's gonna take a little bit of a back burner here after Valspar. We'll see how he does this week, and we'll go from there. Yeah, and then I genuinely don't want to touch any amateurs. I'm scared this year. Yeah. I think the tiger effect is genuinely real and especially with more eyeballs. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid this category. I don't think I can get to anyone, but Danny Willett and Brian Harmon, if gun to head, I had to pick guys that would be there, but also Thomas Peters, he's like 35th in the world rankings. Yeah. Um, so he could also be a guy, but I, I don't know his statistics at the masters offhand. Yeah. It's probably not great, but that's fine. Um, I, I, I'm just going to say this in terms of Svensson and Moronk, I think one of the two of them is going to be high up, excuse me, high up on a leaderboard this week. Um, I don't know who, but they both have that boom bust ability. I think one of them is going to do well. I don't know which one. And let's hope uh, it's Moronk for our bets. Uh, let's hope it's Svensson for my lineups. <laughs> well, speaking of lineups, that's the perfect segue. What is your DraftKings lineup for the Masters? All right. So I'm starting up top with Rory McElroy at 10,600. Uh, then I've got Dustin Johnson at 8,800. I've got Jason Day at 8,700. I've got Justin Rose at 7,800. I have Corey Connors at 7,600. And I have Adam Svensson at 6,500. We'll see. I need a cut out of Svensson, and then I'm probably going six for six. Pause for contention. <laughs> um, yeah, I went Scotty Scheffler at 11,000. I have Xander Shoffley, at, or excuse me, 11,100. Xander Shoffley at 9K, Sung J M 8100, Tiger Woods at 7300, Patrick Reed at 7300, and Louis Oosthuizen at 7200. Oh, see, you went very mellow at the bottom, and I and I just stuck in the middle with all the the heavy hitters. We'll see. Yeah, I I had a lineup. I'll read you my lineup that was a little safer. Um, I don't necessarily hate it. Um, oh crap, that's right, I deleted it. Yeah, no worries. Um, oh, here it is. Anyway, um, it was just a little bit safer on the route. Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland, Jason Day, Sung J.M., Will Zalatoris, and Patrick Reed. But I realized Will Zalatoris is very scary, and I copied or I blacked out on that, um, and then I didn't like a guy anywhere near that category to jump to. I think at one point on DK, I had like Rory, Dustin Johnson, Homa, Sung Jay, and then I had like two guys at like 6,600. And I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, we can't go that route. Like I need a little bit more consistency than that. Um, but I don't hate the idea of, of on a course like this going kind of top heavy. I mean, if you can get three, four guys above 8,500. And this is going to be one of the weeks that getting five out of six guys or more on cuts is going to be the only reason you're going to win your lineups. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I think the high volume above 8,500 is probably going to win or at least above 8,000. You know, if you got to be above Sungjae, I think Sungjae is kind of the breaker in terms of that number. Um, if you can get as many guys as possible above that price point, and all six of your guys make the cut, let me know how much money you win next week because I think it's going to be a good number. All right, FanDuel? Sure. Um, Scotty Shuffler, 12,100. <laughs> Shocker. Xander Shoffley, 10,800. Jason Day, 10,700. Sung J.M., 9,900. Tiger Woods, 9,100. And Taylor Moore, 7,300. Oh, all right. Interesting. Uh, for my FanDuel, I'm starting Rory McIlroy at 11,900. I got Jason Day at 10,700. I've got Max Homa at 10,400. I've got Dustin Johnson at 10,300. I have Corey Connors at 9,300. And I have Taylor Moore at 7,300. Again, I think Taylor Moore is just too cheap on FanDuel. Too cheap. Absolutely ridiculous. But as guys that know golf, we know that that's a free scoop up for us. Thanks for the six for six, FanDuel. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll accept absolutely. Our, yeah, we'll accept our uh, our checks in full sized six foot by six foot uh, checks. Thanks, appreciate it. That'd be funny. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. I'm gonna take a quick nap while Jack goes through his twenty nine. Can I break it up? Do, do do the first like fourteen to fifteen. I'll do. I have six, and then you could do the grab a snack. Number one. I know this is number one is an odds boost, but you can get it pretty much at any sports book, no matter what you choose. Tiger Woods to make the cut plus 100. I like that, it. That is a fantastic bet in my mind. Like number it. two, Tony Finau, top 20 is minus 120. Jordan Spieth, top 20, minus 125. Xander Shoffley, top 20, plus 105. I don't know why Xander's odds are worse than Spieth's, but we're going to take it. 
Jason Day, top 20, plus 105, plus is shocking. Sung JM, top 20, plus 125. It was wild. Max, oh yeah, wild. Max Homa, top 20, plus 105. Victor Hovland, top 30, minus 130. I am so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick Reed, top 30, plus 120. Minwoo Lee, top 30, minus 105. I'm just going on momentum coming in here. Scotty Scheffler, top 10 at minus 115. I think that number is like 130, something right now. Um, Jill Mickelson being the top senior golfer. I think he's got a little bit of mo- motivation to stick it to a lot of people this week. I have Jordan Spieth beating Patrick Cantlay at minus, oh, sorry, Phil is plus 125. Jordan Spieth beating Patrick Cantlay at minus 115. Corey Connors being the top Canadian at minus 165. And then Sung J.M. being the top Korean at plus 125. There you go. Um, that kind of loops in well with a few of mine. So, again, I am doing six bets this week because I am not up 29 units. Uh, so it's a little bit of I'm kind of doubling up my normal bet week. But, again, it's Augusta. Um, and I actually feel like I've got, I went pretty safe with my bets, I think, personally. Um, so I'll start off again. Jack and I are squad riding Corey Connors as the top Canadian minus 165. Um, we're also squad riding Sung JM as the top Korean at plus 125. Um, just to note, he's got to beat Tom Kim, Siwoo Kim, and KH Lee. All um, scary putters. All scary putters. Um, I don't think Tom Kim's gonna put up much contest in terms of winning this. Um, KH Lee could be interesting, but I really think it's a Sung Jay versus Siwoo almost straight up bet. And if you're giving me positive odds, I will take the top, the plus 125. Um, my other bets, I have Max Homa top 30 at minus 150. I have Rory McElroy top 20 at minus 190. I think that's about minus 210 right now, um, uh, based on what I saw this morning. Um, I have Justin Rose top 30 at minus 115. And I have Victor Hovland as the top Scandinavian at uh, minus 275. And I really threw that in there because he's only got to face one guy. Um, it's got to be uh, Noreen, I want to say. I think it, it might be Adrian Baranke. I don't remember. No, uh, I don't yeah, you Scan- Scandinavian, I think it's Alex Noren. Yeah, so I threw me for a curveball. I'm blanking on that one. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to be like, minus 190. What is this guy doing? If you bet a hundred bucks for every unit, that's fifty bucks, fifty-five dollars at the end of the day back. So who cares? Positive money is good money. Um I like those a lot. I know we have a couple overlapping. So they uh DraftKings just released an odds boost for Tiger Woods top 20 at the Masters for plus 250. Woo! Too scared. <laughs> so tempting, but I'm not doing it. All right, continue. If I if I had a free bet, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bets 16 through 29. Think by the way, if we did extra bets, I might be doing what like 70 <laughs> bets right now. Gosh, <laughs> screw that. Um, Sung JM being the top Asian golfer plus 195. I was torn between him and Hideki. Um, but I went Sung J. I like it. Scotty Scheffler top 20 in round one plus 130. This is my favorite bet of the entire uh event. A hole in one on hole 16 at any point in the tournament is minus 110. I like it. It's kind of that solid. is fun. That, that is, is fun. fun. Um, I have Corey Connors beating Matt Fitzpatrick, which I thought was super good yeah. uh, at minus one ten. Scotty Scheffler to have a bogey free round in any day in the Masters is plus four fifty. Taylor Moore top forty is plus one forty five. I have Louis Oosthuizen as the top South African over Charles Schwartzel. It's pretty much a head to head at minus one fifty. I have Joaquin Neiman as the top South American at minus 130 over his, I think his best friend, Mito Pereira, and Mateo, don't know his last name offhand. Um, That's one of those senior golfers that gets exempted. Yep. I have Sergio Garcia, top 40, minus 105. Louis Oosthuizen, top 40, minus 105. Couple parlays here. Scotty Scheffler, top 20, and Max Homa, top 30, is plus 105. And Sung J.M., top 40, plus Xander Shoffley, top 30, is minus 105. I have Matt Fitzpatrick to miss the cut at plus 275. I'm a little scared of his injury concerns. And then Tiger, the goat, Woods, top 40, minus 155. I almost went top 30, but those numbers are like minus, and I'm like, I just need to see the check go through. 
You don't want the plus 250 to go to the top 20? <laughs> Listen, I'll put him in a winner's pick. Uh, no, I'm just messing with you. I might. Wild card? I, I thought about throwing it in as a wild card, but I don't know if 250 is the best number. Yeah, screw it. I'm throwing it. That's in. the cutoff that we do, right? 250? Yeah, I think it's technically like 200, but fi- fight me on it. So, no. Um, yeah, Jack's got 29 bets this week. He's going to have a fun time calculating it all out. Um, I pop- am not telling my girlfriend about how much money I'm dumping on sportsbook this week. Yeah. Um, so Jack's going to have a fun time trying to calculate that all out next week. So if the podcast is out maybe an hour or two late next week, just know it's probably because, you know, Jack's doing about 45 minutes worth of math in his head, counting up all of his wins and losses, mostly wins. Uh, all right, Jack, we're going to to winners. Wild cards. Wild, wild cards. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I think I have two fun ones this week. Genuinely. Um, one is Scotty Scheffler to be in the final group in round four. I didn't know that was even an odds, but we were going to take it. That's that plus is, 400. That is one of the wildest bets that I didn't know you could do. That is how that, that is how I know the world is, uh, is a bunch of gambling men. Cause that is a bet that you should not. listen. When, when you have to fulfill 29 <laughs> bets, you've hit every single category on these sports books to try and find them. Fair. Um, He's he's he should be there. He's performed so well this year. Number one player in the world. Um, I just really like it. And then I have a little bit of a parlay. I want fun. Screw it. Scotty top five. Fly. Scotty top five. Xander Shoffley top ten. And Jason Day top twenty plus fourteen undo. I like it. I don't know about Xander top ten, but I like Scotty T five. J uh Jason Day T. I want to put him. Listen, I like I Xander Shoffley. I. I like him a lot this week. I like him. I don't know if I like him top 10. Maybe top 20 for me, but I get it. Again, I get it. It's a wild pick. Um, And in terms of my wild picks, again, I just swapped. So I had Scotty Scheffler and Jason Day, T10, um, at plus 450. I'm swapping that to uh, Tiger Eldrick Woods to make top 20 at plus 250 instead. Um, In terms of my other wild card pick, give me Max Homa. Hideki Matsuyama and Corey Connors all top 20 at plus 900. Um, that is one that is going to be extremely interesting. I threw up a little bit. Yeah, we'll see which Hideki we get. If we get healthy Hideki, I feel a little bit more confident on that. Uh, but I think Hideki's going to kind of be the make and break on that one for sure for top 20. Yeah, and then I'll also point out you did um, have an extra bet that was uh, Will Zalatoris beating Hideki Matsuyama and Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm not sure if you mentioned that already, but I'm not including is, it, but it's yeah. more so for my, for my own mindset. Cause that was one of the ones that I contemplated doing at plus plus one sixty five. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it, it, it all depends on what Hideki does. I, I'm not high on Fitz this week. No offense, Fitz or Dan Rappaport. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think he cares about us being high on him or not. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then um, our winners picks um, our preseason, which we did our 2022 review. Um, my winner's prediction was Rory McIlroy, um, and yours was Sung J M. Um, Interesting two guys that yeah, they're they're both in it this week. That's for sure. We didn't pick guys that like fell apart or didn't even make it kind of deal, which I think is is exciting. Um, so I think maybe that'll be your no, because see now I have Rory in the in the head to head. So now if I win, you win too. That's so dumb. No, ah, uh, whatever. Well, we can't be uh together happy, but. Yeah, uh, my winner's pick, 2022 Jack, Scotty Scheffler. I think I think there's only been maybe one or two times that a Masters guy's gone back-to-back. Um, three times? I want to say it's three. Uh, Fowler, Tiger Woods. Yeah. Fowler? Yeah, I want to say. Me, all right, hold on. Let me do some research. Keep going. Fowler who? Uh, hold on. <laughs> it's not Ricky. No, I know. To say Tiger's the only one that came to my head. I want to say Nicholas. Uh, did Nicholas hand himself one? Ah, oh, not what? Fowler. Faldo. Sorry. Oh, Nick, Nick Faldo. Nick yeah. Faldo. Tiger Woods. Who, who is back to announcing the Masters this week? Is he nice? Yeah. yeah. Jack Nicholas, Nick Faldo, Tiger Woods. Sorry, I mixed up Ricky Fowler and Nick Faldo. To that be fair, like... to be fair, the names are not that far apart in terms of names. I I apologize. It was just a. It happens, but. Scotty Scheffler, I'm going for back-to-back. And then, I, again, I really like him, Xander Shoffley, this week. Those are my two winners. I didn't go sleeper. I went big, bad, and boom. Uh, I went 
I don't know if you call my second one a sleeper, technically. No. <laughs> no? All right. Well, I was just curious. I didn't know if you did or not. I think my first one might be more of a sleeper if you talk DFS price. Um, I'm sticking with my original preseason pick. Give me Sung J M. Um again, I I got him on a bet. I got him as a winner's pick. I hope he does well this week. Uh, my second winner's pick is actually gonna be Dustin Johnson. Uh I know I know he's a live guy. I'm sure he's not gonna be, you know, the world's most enjoyed and favorite person on the planet this week i don't think D- dustin johnson gives a shit i think he just wants to go out there and crush the shit out of a golf ball for four days and that's that's a guy who i think stands a good chance he's not going to be into the whole live versus pga thing maybe like a patrick reed or a bryson is going to be or brooks even depending on how that all goes dustin johnson is going to show keep his head down and crush a golf ball for four days and i think that gives him a good chance to win this week Absolutely. If it, again, the live guys wearing pants and playing an extra day of golf isn't going to screw them over. So don't let that get into your bets and your DFS. That is the Masters podcast. It is the greatest week of the year. I'll say it again. Thank you so very much for letting us talk about golf for a couple hours of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go out. Hello, friends. And let's go win a bunch of money. Now, this is arguably the most important week of golf, but we do do this each and each week of the year when there's a golf event going on this week. If you enjoyed this podcast, just drop a follow. Um, that way you can hopefully see us in the future if you want to do some more betting on golf. Again, there's three more majors this year. So uh, look out for us. Deuces.